Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Hallelujah. Now we've been talking about the story of the whole Bible and remember we are at the beginning of the story and yes we are spending so much time laying foundation but it is absolutely important the beginning of the story the foundation period of any story or the foundation period of any building of any business of any family is always very important so it's not particularly surprising that we are spending so much time at the very first and second verse of the book of Genesis chapter 1, particularly when we realize how much overdrive, how much effort the devil is putting in to try and overthrow the fate of many or to try and confuse the issue even at this very onset of the story of the Bible. So some people said, okay, fine. You've shown us that there is no gap between Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. But what about these six days? Okay, what about the six days? Um, maybe maybe they are not literal six days. And that is the other thing that a lot of some people want to bring forth. So, okay, fine. I mean, maybe the Bible, maybe the construct of the Bible does not subscribe to this gap. What, what, but what about these six days? Did God create the universe in a literal six days? You know, I bought... A book and I was trying to read this book and this gentleman obviously is a Christian he subscribed to the fact that God created the the universe but he didn't he believed that he believed in evolution and all those other things and he was trying to say that he doesn't believe that those six days are six literal days okay let me say it this way let me let me let me give the conclusion from the beginning when you read the construct of Genesis chapter 1, it is very clear that the Bible talks about literal 24-hour days, okay? So, if it is not literal 24-hour days, so how many days, how many years was these days? We are looking, we are trying to smuggle these billions and millions of years into Genesis chapter 1. So, how many, how many thousands of years or millions of years make one day and will you have enough to smuggle into these six days just to try and pacify your your need to 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 try and put things in line with science will that work will it work and let me tell you something if you compromise the revelation of the scripture because you want to you know you want to pacify science like I said in previous teaching, it doesn't work, okay? Because when you want to correct, when you want to, you want to, two wrong doesn't make it right. I think that is the word I'm looking for. Two wrong doesn't make it right. If you compromise because you want to, you know, you want to please science, you will understand that eventually you will not please science because science has a destination. The destination of science is, oh, I'm talking about mainstream Please don't misunderstand me. Mainstream science. This science that want to insist. Okay, because like I said, and I'll, hopefully I will mention it in this teaching today, there are many, many Christian scientists. There are many, many Christian 
thinkers. There are many, many Christian scholars, okay, that believe in creation. All right. So don't let anybody pull the wool over you. But I'm talking about mainstream science. How far, how far do you want to compromise with mainstream science? Where do you want to stop? Okay. But let's talk about these six days. Are they literal days or are they extended days? Again, it is the same argument and counter argument that are presented for the gap. Okay. This gentleman that I said I read the book was trying to say that it cannot be literal days. And what he was trying to argue is that when the Bible says an evening and morning the first day, an evening and morning the second day, then he was trying to argue that the sun and the moon were not created until the fourth day, which is true. And as such, okay, we cannot say that morning, evening, and morning necessarily means one day and i'm thinking hmm that's quite interesting let's read first genesis chapter one and i'm going to read from verse one and i'm going to read it i'm going to read quite a little bit in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters and by the way you know we've talked about the universe we've not even talked about plants and animals and human beings and see what the psalmist says i am fearfully and wonderfully made and we're going to come to that okay but let's read verse 3 and god said let there be light and there was light and god saw the light that it was good and god divided the light from darkness and god called light day and god called and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. This gentleman totally ignored the fact that, number one, God created light. And God actually, the very first day, God, God the Bible says God divided the light from darkness. Verse 5 says, and God called the light day and the darkness night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Again, I will repeat. If you don't deny the God factor, a whole lot of this thing does not take as much mental effort as people have made it. Even from the first day, even without the sun and the moon, there's nothing that is difficult for God to actually begin to count evening and morning as they even before the sun and the moon were created but the verse 5 is telling us that as early as the first day, God is already talking about day. And night, okay, verse 6, And God said, Let there be firmament in the midst of, of the waters, and let it divide waters from waters. And God made the firmament, and divide the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. Let's go to the third day. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven gather together unto one place, and let dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called sea. And God saw that it was so. And God said, remember we are still on the next day. Now God said, let the earth bring forth grass, and herbs yielding seed, and fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed in itself, and upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after its kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after its kind, 
and God saw that it was so, and God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the third day. And actually, verse 14, let me read verse 14. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be for light in the firmament of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the night the stars also, and went on and on. Can you see what is going on here? There's, you know, one of the things I realize is that actually the Bible is easier to believe than hypotheses and theories that people want to propound to try and replace it. See what is going on here. Right from the first day, God already created light. And God already created day and night. But in day four, God then created the sun. And God made two great light, the greater light to rule the day. In other words, God, remember, when this is all over, we are, there's going to be light without the sun. So God is God. And because God is God, God was able to walk with light the circle of light and darkness even before the sun and the moon were created. Okay? So, because he is God. And the Bible tells us here that the creation of sun and moon was not needed to actually have day and night because God is God. But God now created these, these two. God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day. And the lesser right light to rule the night. So the day and night came before the sun and the moon. Why? Because God is God. Do you realize here that God actually created the plants before he created the sun and the moon? What does that tell you? Let's assume that these are years and years and many thousands and millions of years okay how could you sustain life how could you sustain plant life without sun if there is god you can do you, do you see the hopelessness of trying to change the revelation of the word of god just because you want to please mainstream science okay so if you believe the Bible, it's either you throw away the Bible or you believe it. And people say, yeah, people are losing their faith because they said, how can I believe the Bible? When science tells me this, let me tell you good news. Science is not God. And science is not always right. Science is not God. And I would rather turn it around and say, how can I believe this mainstream science when God said this? If you believe in God, it's, it's, there's never a contest. Okay? There's never a contest. And, and you can go back and listen to what we've said before. It's not a contest. If science knows, if science only knows his place. Okay? God is beyond science. God is beyond science. Science, should, if science is well practiced, and it is, there are scientists that use science rightly. If science is well practiced and science is well used it actually make us to understand the glory of god the bible says the heaven declare his glory the heaven is an advertisement the bible says in romans that what could be known of god is revealed unto them when they proclaim to be wise they become foolish 
Even if you want to believe all this. So how could the life, the plant life, how could they have been sustained for millions and millions and millions and millions of years before the sun was created? But look, the Bible is very simple. Number one, God could do it. God is God, okay? But what I'm saying here is that from day one, the Bible says God already created light. And God already separated light from darkness. And it is that cycle of light and darkness that makes day and night. And every single place in the scripture where the Bible talks about the evening and the morning, the first day. Every single time in the scripture that the Bible uses that, use those two together, the Bible is talking about a literal 24 hours day. And the Bible says that God rested on the seventh day. And the whole cycle of the religious observance that God gave the Jews, the children of Israel, is based on the seventh days. The seventh day, and God blessed the seventh day. Because on that day, God rested, and God called it the Sabbath day. The Bible says, and I've read it before, that God created the heavens and the earth in six days. Okay? There's no, there's no, nothing difficult about this. Absolutely nothing difficult about this. When we simply read the scripture, it's evening and it's morning the first day. It's evening and it's morning the first day. And we can go on and read and read what is here. The truth is that, number one, the Bible says that God created the universe. The life, the material, the life that are in the universe. That they didn't come out of Big Bang and they didn't come out of evolution. Number two, that there is no gap between verse 1 and verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1. Number three, that the day of creation, they are 24 literal 24 hours literal days that is the scripture okay if you have any problem with that is because you are not humble enough to receive the revelation of the scripture and i'm going to come back again and again if you think and if you believe that science is god is because is it that because you are arrogant or because you are ignorant or because you are dishonest. Because most honest scientists, even when they are not Christian, actually don't believe those things. They are all looking for alternative, you know, those people that want to get rid of God. They are still looking for alternative to try to talk, explain, you know, the origin of life. We are still being brainwashed by the propaganda of the mainstream media. Okay, pushing these lies because they want to sell a lie. Okay, the truth is that there are alternative, there are alternative explanations out there. Okay, there are smart people, there are scientists, there are intelligent people that actually believe the Bible, that believe the scripture. 
you just need to go and read them there are answers if you are really really looking for answers let me introduce you to three of those people today before i round up you know one person one gentleman that i love to read so much i really love to read him so much is john lennox let me let me let me let me give you his bios john lennox go and search him on youtube go and read his book lennox is l-e-n-n-o-x john c lennox he's a professor of mathematics at oxford university i love this man he's very intelligent christianity doesn't check the brain out at the door go and listen to him okay he wrote quite a few number of books i can go through all those books there but go and go and listen to him these are people these are intelligent people these are highly intelligent people but he believes in god he says something i'm going to read a quote from him he said either human intelligence ultimately owe its origin to mindless matter or there is a creator it is strange and he talks very gently, elegantly, like a statement. I love him. He said, it is strange that some people claim that it is their intelligence that leads them to prefer the first to the second. I'll read that again without commenting because I think this is shrewd. I think this is wisdom. He said, either human intelligence ultimately owes its origin to mindless matter or there is a creator. It is strange that some people claim that it is their intelligence that lead them to prefer the first to the second. So these people that want us to believe that that life, that human, that life as we know it comes out of its origin to mindless matter. Some people want us to believe that. But how do they come to that conclusion? <laughs> they, they don't believe that Human intelligence owe its origin to the creator. They don't believe that. They believe that human intelligence come out of mindless matter. But how did they know that? It is strange that such people actually use their intelligence <laughs> to pick the fact that it is mindless matter that created those intelligence. Can you believe that? Let me introduce you now that we are talking about that. Let me introduce you to another second another second gentleman called Dr. Wana Git. Git is spelled G-I-T-T. Dr. Wana is W-E-R-N-E-R. Sorry, again, like I said, I'm not projecting today. Pardon me about that. Dr. Git was the director and professor at German Federal Institute of Physics and Technology. He was the head of the Department of Information Technology. And this man actually wrote a book called In the Beginning Was Information. And these people, they would let you know that when you start talking about information, they will let you know why it is absolutely impossible for life to come out of nothing. Okay? These are intelligent people. And a whole lot of people that still sell you those lies behind the door, they know the truth. Let me let me let me let me read just one or two of the issue that Dr. Gate raised. In the beginning was information. Here is some of the summary. It says since the DNA code 
has all the essential characteristics of information, there must have been a sender of this information. <laughs> what we call DNA code is actually information technology. And we know that information could not just generate itself. If there's information, there must be a sender. And I can read down, read down. I'm not going to read all those today, okay? I'm just telling you there are people, there are intelligent people out there. And these people are all over the internet. Okay? I will introduce you to one more gentleman called Stephen Mayer. Yes, I will introduce you to Stephen Mayer. Let me read Stephen Mayer's bio. I love this gentleman also. Stephen Mayer was a former geophysicist and college professor. And he also received PhD in the philosophy of science from University of Cambridge. And you need to search this man out. Okay? He has two landmark books called Darwin's Doubt, The Explosive Origin of Animal Life and the Case for Intelligence Design. And also another one that is called Signature in the Cell, DNA and the Evidence for Intelligent Design. And you can go and read all those. And I can give you a list of Astronomer, I can give you a list of geologists, I can give you a list of microbi yeah, molecular microbiologists, living people, intelligent people that actually believe that God created the universe. Remember where we started from. Ultimately, the issue is not the age of the earth. Ultimately, the issue is, is their God. And the Bible says the fool says in his or her heart, that there is no God. I'm not calling anybody fool. That's what the Bible says. And no matter how intelligent anybody is, if they have come to a conclusion that there is no God, the Bible says they are fools. That's what the Bible says. Now there are other things people talk about. What about these talking snakes? What about this one? What about that one? They are explanation. A whole lot of those things that people talked about are people interpreting things out of context. People not comparing scripture with scripture. People not looking in. There, there are so many explanations. But like I said, this is the basis. Is their God. If you understand and know that there is God and you know God is God and you understand the quality and you understand the nature of God and you understand the character of God, a whole lot of these other things will fall in place. And if you are listening to me tonight, I want you to know that this God loves you. And because he loves you so much, he doesn't want you to go to hell. So he has provided a way of escape and that way of escape is the cross. The Lord Jesus went to the cross so that you will not go to hell, but you have to receive that gift. It's a gift. Confess your sin. Accept that you are a sinner that needs a savior. Receive him. Invite him into your life. Fall before him. Ask him to come in and save you and he will. He will come in. He will do something deep in your heart. And you will become a son and a daughter. And in eternity, you will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and the new earth. Do it today. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.